Here What's happening? Renegade Coach is in the building. Yo, it's Renegade Coach. Oh, man. It's another sizzling episode. This is episode what? 29. 29? In the house. Oh, my God. Oh, there so, we go. My man's a little late with that. Got the gunshots. I liked it anyway, though. You fucking up. Same man. Shout out to the Knock ear up. doctor. Yeah, yeah. The producer. Knock the ear doctor. The number four producer in the world. Oh, number oh, four producer Knock in the up. world. Yeah, but still good, though. 25. 25 in the world? Yeah. Or in the building? That's true. Like, you know what I mean? It's cool. Number four no, in the building. Number four in the room. Yes, we got my man Luce in the building. Luce, Luce is here today. Luce is showing up. Luce is back. What's we up, Luce? Luce, Luce showing up. Man. Oh, my oh. goodness. Luce, Sweet in the building. Nobody can hear you, man. You yes. Anyway, we're Yo. here. We got a couple guests that's nervous as fuck. We got no, some wonderful guests. Yeah. They sit here the like, what are these? What are these? What are these? I don't even believe, like, you know what I'm saying? This ain't the show I listen to. I know. Oh, but my God. Like, but these are some, it's, some, it's, it's actually a serious topic. Yes. They laughing. They like they shit. They laughing more than they we are They thought it was going to be a Larry King and shit. I know. She's going to or some shit. So what happened? Yes. That was my Larry King impression, by that the way. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Anyway. So we got some really special guests in the house. We got some yes. authors who just wrote a beautiful book, a great book. Uh-huh. Uh, called None of the Above. None of the Above. The Untold Story of the Atlanta Public School Cheating Scandal, Corporate Greed, and the Criminalization of Educators. Wow. By Miss Shawnee Robinson and Anna Simonton. Let's give her a round of Okay. Applause. Hey. Yeah, I could have We got sound yes. effects. We're like, we're big yeah. sound effects. There we go. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's for hearing impaired folks who you know get saying? that shit delayed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway. And so these folks have come on to talk about the serious issues. Yes. Uh, particularly a Sister Shawnee yes. uh, faced throughout the years. Uh, folks know some of the background, and we're going to get way into the background of the trial, uh, what's the next steps in the trial, the bigger picture of why uh, these folks even went to trial, and what made this sister and her co-writer write this book and tell this story and make sure that everybody needs to hear about it. And we got, we're going to talk about why it's criminal mm-hmm. that they were actually charged with a crime. That's true. And how That's true. corporate greed and racism and mm-hmm. uh, this whole gentrification process plays a role mm-hmm. or how the education system plays a role in that. So we're going to get down to it. We're going to have right. a good time. They're going to loosen up. I they think still, so. They, they don't look as nervous as they did five minutes ago. You know what I mean? And we're going to talk about the prosecutors. And, we're going to talk the, about the prosecutors. And all the folks who, like, you know, they really We always talk about folks, prosecutors. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude, Paul Howard. Paul. Paul. Paul yeah. Howard. Paul, Paul Howard. Howard. Fuck, fuck you, Paul you know Howard. But we're not going to have them say fuck Paul Howard. Well, they can't say fuck Paul Howard. They can't Howard, say, you know but we can definitely we say, can say fuck Paul Howard. Hey, hey Paul Howard, fuck zoom you, in on this. You know Remember me? Fuck Paul Howard. Hey, fuck I've been Paul saying Howard. fuck Paul Howard for like 15 years. 15 years? Okay, yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah, He's yeah. new to me. I didn't know what to say. I'm kind of feeling like, you know. Part of, I, I heard, you know, I don't want to jump right into it too much, but I, yes. you know, I heard that, you know, he had options. He didn't have to do this. Of course he did. In terms of like what this case was about, this was like a media ploy for him to try to win the election. There's all kind of people that he could have indicted. You know, it's like, you know, that's how he gets You could have got indicted. Uh, you know probably well, you indicted probably for been indicted, B, fucking but, with you. Oh, yeah. man. That's right. So anyway, to that. you listen to Renegade Culture, we can say fuck the prosecutor. Fuck FTP, the police, baby, right? That's how we get down. That's how we get down. And, and again, um, our guests do not necessarily endorse these opinions. Yes, the views and opinions of our guests may not necessarily be ours. Yes. <laughs> no, ours are guests. But we're going to get to the to the root of all this and we're going to do our thing. Renegade Culture. Renegade Culture. Sometimes blare it in your jeep so your peoples can stare at them rhymes. Real rhymes, not your everyday hologram. Even when ribs was touching, never swallowed the ham. 
He'd rather eat a sand sandwich salad. It might need salt like a man's bland ballad. A lot of stuff happens that the news won't tell you. Blues on L juice, snooze all hell loose. Break it, take it like the good, the bad, the ugly. Break it rolling through your hood in the caddy buggy. Butter softy, leather, flossy, fatty, juggy. Always threw me off when she told me, Daddy, funk me. I'm like any who's seeds walking all out in the street without any shoes. I guess it's better than some funky socks. You need to get her some skips before she catch the monkey pops. Instead, she wanna hit a beatbox, take pills and make fake krills that sheet rock. Sing it, bring it back to your laboratory. While he's in his oratory, glorious like a horror story. The mask is like Jason. They told the place not to let the basket type case in. He could be some kind of wacko, waiting for the chance to heat the pipes like a crack hole. Crack hole. What's happening? Welcome back. Renegade culture. The wait number one. Yes. Wait a minute. They don't know the theme song. They don't know the theme song? Y'all I can join. They What's the theme song? Suffer. You want to hear the theme song for Renegade culture? You got to join in once you, once you pick it up. Uh-oh. We make all our guests do it. Are y'all about to spell? Are going to spell it? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what is yeah. this? Like Sesame oh, Street? Oh, you know what I'm saying? We're about to get down with some heavy lyrics. Let's play this to the level shit. Like, you motherfuckers are spelling. Can y'all spell? Isn't that What is the song? I was going to say, my man Ear Doctor, he did We're going to let you get away with that shit. You know what I'm saying? So Ear Doctor actually should be asking that question too. Let's come out and join. The literacy question should be going. I got something right in front of me. I'm not going to mess up. I'm going to contact the Me Too movement about this shit. Because you know because I, I feel offended. You, you know feel what I'm offended? Saying? Yes. I don't think they work on your issues. Bro. No? I mean, they may work on your issues, but not the way you may want them to. Oh, anyway. Never mind. Holla. Anyway. I got okay, here we go. Spelling. Let's go. The yeah. R, the, the E, the, the N, the E, the G, the A, the D, the E. It's Renegade. Renegade culture. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And then she's looking. Our token white woman for the night is looking at the thing. All right. Yeah, don't worry. He can't spell. Hey, that's what I said. Right in front of me. I'm good tonight. You're good tonight. You got it right. You got it right. Anyway. All right. We're going to get down to business. So our guest tonight, I mean, we said their names, but Shawnee Robinson is an alumni of Tennessee State University and taught in Atlanta Public Schools for three years. Okay. She is currently a supporter of social justice causes and Anna Simonton. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Right? Okay, I just want to make sure because a lot of letters in that, yeah. spelling-wise. <laughs> is an independent journalist and an editor of Scallywag magazine. Scallywag. Her work has been published by The Nation, In These Times, and Altnet, and amongst other things. So I knew both of these young ladies before the show started. Right. Yeah, I know okay. Anna from Organizing Circles, and I, I can't say that who she dated because I'm not supposed you to. Because it's a lie. I heard about <laughs> it. You heard about it? Yeah, it's Captain yeah. Look Like Shaggy. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't. Cool. I, won't, I won't do names. Scooby-Doo. This is so rude. I won't rude. do Shaggy names, <laughs> But this she is really good coaching. Yeah. My yes. reputation is at stake. Yeah. Is it stake? It's, okay, cool. Okay, we're going to leave it alone. Now. Maybe we'll call oh. this guy and see if it's true. Or and not. Sister anyway. Shorty, I met yes. uh, volunteering mm-hmm. for Keep Atlanta Schools local. Keep Atlanta she actually local. came in one day, like any other volunteer, okay. and yeah. was like, you know, I, I, at the time, I think I was director of something, something, something. So she had okay. to report to yeah. me. Yeah. Throw his title in it. No, so I, just said, I, was I was the director. A, I was the director. <laughs> at the time, I was the director. I was director of something. I don't know the fuck. Exactly. So. <laughs> and I was like, um, hello, how are you doing? She was like, hi. My name is Shani, and I am from the Atlanta Public Schools. I was like, what? And she she gave me this whole history of what Uh happened, Uh and was like, I hope it's okay if I volunteer. And I was like, I think as long as you don't say that on the phone call, you'll be fine. (laughs) And we struck up a brief friendship, (laughs) and we've been in touch ever since. They've been working on this book for at least three years, right, if not longer. Um, And they finally finished a few, well, sometime late last year, right? It's a long process. It's a long process? Yeah. Yeah. But it just came out on the 15th. Just came out on the 15th? 15th of January. 
Okay, yeah. that's cool. We yeah. got you right after Madhu. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. So how are you guys feeling about um, sort of the impact or so far the reception of the book in terms of talking about this story? What you start? So far, it's actually been pretty good. I was a little nervous because of just everything that happened and how the media portrayed us. And so, you know, I was a little apprehensive at first. Like, mm-hmm. how are people going to take this and are they going to think, you know, that... I, you know, I don't know what they were going to yeah, do, yeah, yeah. but I was, but so far it's been good. So mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. And how about you? <laughs> yeah, same. I think that what we're trying to do is a narrative shift. And so that's, that's a tall order. And so there's mm-hmm. definitely that, um, that hope and anticipation that the narrative of, oh, these teachers cheated the children, which is not the case. Um, but that was so dominant mm-hmm. during the trial mm-hmm. that we can actually chip away at that. Um, and I think that's happening. So Right. S- seeing we have a, a broad audience and a lot of our folks don't follow what's going on in Atlanta unless it's some trap music or something, mm-hmm. um, explain to the audience what exactly was the Atlanta cheating scandal and you know, bring us up to date as far as how you ended up being involved or implicated or what have you. So the Atlanta cheating scandal was a period of time that educators in Atlanta public schools were accused of cheating on their students' state tests, the CRCT, which is a standardized test that all first through eighth graders have to take. And so this is how I was dragged into everything. So my second year teaching, I was the first grade teacher. And the last day of testing, I was called into a computer lab. So there was a paraprofessional that actually came into my room to relieve me from my students and told me to meet the um, testing coordinator in the computer lab. So anyway, I'm in there with first and second grade teachers, but there's another teacher, a second grade teacher, who later implicates everyone in the scandal and says that the first and second grade teachers were cheating on their students' tests. But she received immunity for throwing the rest of us under the bus. Mm -hmm. Did you say we all were doing erasing stray marks? So we were erasing stray marks, and the testing coordinator asked us. That's why you were called into the room, too. Yes, and erasing stray marks is a written procedure in the testing manual that was done every year. So Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it. We erased the stray marks, and she also asked us to fix the illegible handwriting on our students' booklets. So I was in that room for, for about 20 minutes, handed my test booklets back, and that was it. That was it. Mm-hmm. And you thought that was it? Right. Yeah. I thought that was it. Right. And then what happened next in terms of your involvement? Like, what, what next happened to you? So in October of 2010, I've already resigned from teaching. Mm-hmm. I'm actually working at a counseling agency, and I get a phone call from a GBI agent. I've never been interrogated ever by any type of law enforcement, but, um, you know, he convinces me to meet him at another location and, you know, kind of tells me what it's about or whatnot. And so anyway, I meet him. He tells me that there was an erasure analysis done and that in my class specifically, there were high levels of wrong to right erasures. And he says, can you explain this? And I say, no. Then he asks me, did the testing coordinator or any administrators ever place any pressure on me to cheat? And I say, no. Mm-hmm. Then he hands me a voluntary statement form, which was basically saying, you don't have any knowledge about cheating. You didn't cheat and asked me to sign it. Now, the thing about this form is that it did say voluntary, mm-hmm. but... Okay, if you didn't sign this form, this is the GBI asking you to sign this form. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to become a target. You don't want them looking at you like, oh, well, why doesn't she want to sign this form? You know, she 
she must be trying to hide something. Mm-hmm. But there were several people that did sign the form that were charged with false statements and writings. It was a felony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like a setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you had the option of becoming a target or you could become a felon. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened to a lot of teachers. And so did, you, did you sign the form ultimately? I did sign did the form, okay. right. So let's do, a, let's do a commercial break for our, our young listeners here. I'm, a, I'm an attorney. I'm going to throw Shawnee under the bus right now. <laughs> Don't you ever in your life. I, I ever, already know. Ever, no, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Never. Go right. to, uh, listen to a cop who wants to interrogate you and sign something or be interrogated without the presence of an attorney. Yeah, um, Our young Shawnee here got caught up. Yeah. Um, by doing that, allowing that. So uh, that's just a, uh, a little side break. Folks got to know that you can't you can't talk to the police mm-hmm. without right. having an attorney present. You just should not do that. Matter of fact, don't sign anything without an attorney. Mm-hmm. Any type right. of contract at all, mm-hmm. yeah. unless it's a lease or something. Unless I give you something and you better uh, sign that shit. Definitely right don't away. sign yeah. shit. Come on, get you. But anyway. <laughs> but so many teachers, I mean, yeah. and because Shawnee wasn't teaching anymore, this took right. place actually mm-hmm. at the mall parking lot. Right. But teachers were getting pulled out of their classrooms, taken down to the music room. Wait, wait. And this took place at a mall parking lot? That, that's the yes. other week. <laughs> that's where my <laughs> interview took place. Oh, he was like, meet well, me in South DeKalb Mall. So mall cop right? interview. In, yeah. You got interviewed by a mall cop. Paul Blart. Yes. <laughs> She's getting thick. With Paul Bart? Paul Blart. Paul Blart. Okay, good. <laughs> but they went into the schools and teachers Poor were pulled teachers from their classrooms. So there were no attorneys present. They went mm-hmm. into all of, of the schools and, they, and the teachers were interrogated. And then I found out this might be jumping around, but you know, yeah, later, right. so later I was, um, ar- well, I wasn't arrested. I had to turn myself in mm-hmm. when we found out on the news that we were indicted. That's how we learned how that we learned were indicted. Wow, yes, wow. my husband called me and said, uh, "Did you know you were indicted in that cheating scandal?" And I was like, "What?" what? Oh, wow. Right, and he said they charged you with racketeering, and I'm like, "What is racketeering?" Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what racketeering yeah, yeah, yeah. was. And then just how they portrayed it in the news, like we. Like teachers had cheated yeah. to get money. Wow. First of all, I never received any bonus money, yeah. not mm-hmm. one penny, mm-hmm. and my test scores didn't even count. They didn't count toward the um, yep. the district targets or the national standards, which is what we call AYP. Mm-hmm. So I didn't cheat. My test scores didn't count, and I did not receive any money. Now, how that equates to racketeering? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But when I was in jail. I heard all kinds of stories about teachers who they were threatened by the GBI agents. Mm-hmm. So there was one GBI agent that put his gun out on the table during the middle of an interview. There was another one that told a teacher that he was going to take her children away from her. Mm-hmm. You know, people's pensions were being threatened. Mm-hmm. So people were scared and they were throwing each other under the bus left yeah. and right. Because yeah. they could receive immunity they could receive like immunity. your accuser did if they named other people. Mm-hmm. Right. So regardless of whether you were guilty or not, it was a free for all. You know, everybody go for himself. Yeah, go for himself. Yeah. Yes. And the pu- I mean, you, you guys mentioned the public narrative. So the public narrative at the time was all these media stories, headlines, Atlanta teach- uh, teachers mm-hmm. cheating. Uh, there was no benefit of the doubt given. There seemed to be this total rush for judgment, even in the media. Um, so how did that, like, how did that make you guys feel, make you feel in particular um, in terms of getting justice or receiving justice during that time period? Did you feel like you were had a chance? Absolutely not. And I was angry. I was mm-hmm. angry that I had been falsely accused. I was angry that it was blown out of proportion in the media. Our bail bonds were ridiculously high. Mine was like $200,000. Other people's were in the millions. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, the same time that the governor, this was the 
Governor Sonny Perdue at the time. He mm -hmm. sent those special investigators into the schools. He used the same inflated test scores in an application to get a $400 million federal race at the top grant. Mm -hmm. So the majority of us that were indicted didn't receive any money. The state receives $400 million, and they had the audacity mm -hmm. to charge us with racketeering. Mm -hmm. And this is the same Sonny Perdue who is now the Secretary of... Agriculture. Agriculture. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's yeah. in Trump's yeah. cabinet. Yeah. 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 And another thing that was going on at the same time was that um, he actually called for an investigation into Doherty County Schools also. Mm -hmm. And the findings there were similar, that cheating was as widespread as it was in Atlanta. But that investigation was swept under the rug. No charges were ever brought. And the biggest difference is that the superintendent of Doherty County Schools was a white woman. Mm -hmm. Whereas right. you had Beverly Hall, who had just made uh, superintendent of the year, or national superintendent, um, you know, winning awards for what she was doing in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, yeah, it was a racialized political pursuit mm -hmm. from the start. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically, so the official charges were? RICO charges. RICO. I mean, that, so and, just, just And there were some other charges. But, and this, and this is messed up too. So technically to charge someone with RICO, you have to have predicate charges. Right. Because you can't just charge someone with RICO. It's like, okay, why is it racketeering? Did, was it false swearing? Was it, you know, theft by taking? So you have to have these other charges. Typically, you have to have two other charges, but the law changed, um, I can't remember what year it was, that changed it to where you can only have, where you can have one charge and the RICO will stand. I had a co-defendant who all she had was the racketeering charge and she still had to go to trial. Mm -hmm. And then the way that RICO was, was applied in this case it was unprecedented. Like, basically, this is how they interpreted RICO in our case. Two people who could have, who might not have even known each other, they could have been working at different schools. If they mm -hmm. had similar intentions or acts, they could be in a conspiracy. So two people could be in a conspiracy that didn't know they were conspiring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah, how yeah. it was applied in this case. Yeah, no, RICO has been broadly applied. Uh, part of the history of RICO has just been broadly applied one from drug cases, but then it started coming down on political cases mm -hmm. where you have people in organizations like the Black Panther Party who were charged with racketeering and so forth. And so this, the stretch of it has always been enormous in terms of this weapon in prosecutors' hands. And I think right. something you guys mentioned, too, is that at the time this was and may still be like the most expensive and longest trial in Atlanta history. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. The most expensive. And crazy. going back to what Anna was saying about how we feel like this was blown out of proportion because we were black educators working under a black superintendent. If you look at Washington, D.C., they had 103 schools that were flagged for suspiciously high test scores, but their school district wasn't turned into a criminal enterprise like mm -hmm, Atlanta mm -hmm. was. Mm -hmm, right. You know, so in that investigation, pretty much got swept under the rug. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, Washington, D.C. is different. I mean, you had. Um, Marion Barry smoked crack and became became uh, mayor again, so can't really use Washington. Yeah, that's, that's right. was, <laughs> yeah, you Washington sell equipment that. and shit, come back. Point no, but, but beyond Washington, cheating has been so widespread ever since um, No Child Left Behind, yeah. uh, the mm -hmm. law that that made testing mandatory and created sanctions that you know punish schools increasingly each year that they don't make adequate yearly progress the, the national targets, and so. Um, now there's been documented cases in 40 states, and in at least 14 of those states, it's clear that it's very widespread, not just a couple of cases. So, um, yeah, why why go to these lengths yeah. only in Atlanta when this is so right. commonplace? And when we come back, we want to get into that. We want to get into this. 
like what's the wider focus of this case? What's the what's the mm-hmm. other issues at hand? Because this, I think the interesting thing about the book is that you guys don't just talk about your individual case. Is that you tie this to like larger politics at hand in Atlanta, right. particularly right. the right. school system, gentrification, corporate greed, that kind of thing. Brown versus mm-hmm. board. Yeah. yeah. So we want to get into that when we get back. Child FBI and all that good stuff. Listen to Renegade Culture, and um, we're gonna we'll be, be back, back soon. at you in a second. Because, it's like Anna was saying, I, I had written, like, a, a really rough draft of mm-hmm. it 
Um, and then when, once I realized that I wanted to take the book to the next level, someone at, told me, they suggested to get a journalist. And at that time, I was like, oh, my God, who can I trust? I didn't yeah, like yeah. anyone because um, I was just angry at all media at that point. Um, but I had actually pulled some of Anna's articles while I was doing my research. And so it just made sense to ask mm-hmm. her. So what made you, what attracted you to uh, Anna's uh, research? I'm trying to figure out what in the hell she writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it made you trust her. Huh? Yeah, like, like here's her. She, she like, she high. I could trust her. Yeah, what was it? Because she had written, she actually didn't cover the trial, okay. but she had written some things about gentrification okay. and I believe it was the Opportunity School District. And so she had written about issues that were surrounding our case. And so I was, you know, I just felt like we shared the same perspective on a Roll lot of the things. Dice in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And, if, you know, from when we came uh, left, we were talking about the personal issues of the trial. But again, in the book, you guys cast a much wider net. You start mm-hmm. talking about some of the things that you think are why this this trial happened the way it did and what some of the larger issues. So why don't you guys get into a little bit around how do you think this trial relates to some of the larger issues affecting Atlanta and Georgia at this particular time, particularly around school? And I, I would say even going a little further because of the fact that, um, you know, like some of the other issues, um, like I said, Brown versus education and mm-hmm. you know gentrification, the whole nine, because mm-hmm. of the fact that we know that it's a tie-in, and I think that it's one of the efforts that you all made. So kind of touching on that, if possible. Well, let me go into what the um, one of the prosecutors said during closing arguments. He blamed us for poverty and mm-hmm. violent crime. Teachers, educators, right, us, the ones who were on trial. And so that itself was it was just crazy to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you mean he blamed you i mean he said you all started that shit or what I mean, he, he was speaking nobody was home before he said if someone hits you outside of the head let me quote him let me quote him you want to say his name you can't say his name no she don't say but you know what you and something you did not mention yet or we didn't mention you were pregnant yes i was pregnant during the entire eight-month trial and i actually wrote I started writing the book for my son because I wanted him to know the truth about what happened to me mm-hmm. when he got older. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm quoting the um, the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. He he asked the jury, why are you scared somebody going to hit you on the back of your head when you get into, right, who's breaking into your house? Mm-hmm. This is his, mm-hmm. right, this mm-hmm. is him speaking. And we're sitting here like, what is he talking about? What does it have to do with us? Is this prosecutor black or? Yes, and he's a black man. <laughs> Right. So just going back into the history of things, and we talk about this in the book, if you look, there were 44 schools that were implicated in the GBI report. 11 of those schools are where teachers and administrators were pulled from to go on the RICO indictment. And if you take a close look at those 11 schools, many of them are in tax allocation districts, and many of them are in areas targeted for takeover by private real estate developers. So if you go back, because I was in Mechanicsville, I taught at Dunbar. Mm-hmm. So if you go back into the 1940s and 50s, a lot of these areas were thriving black communities. And there were several black owned businesses. It was safe, people rarely locked their doors. But as more white folks started moving to the suburbs, more black people started moving to the city, there was more black you know, political power. Mm-hmm. And this was something that concerned white business elite. Mm-hmm. So in the book, we talk about um, a plan called the Lochner Plan, 
which was a plan for highway construction to rip right through many of these areas. Mm -hmm. So thousands of people were displaced from their homes. And, you know, you have all these urban renewal uh, projects that are displacing other folks. And then later on, right here, even as far as the Mechanicsville community, you have the drug wars, you have mass incarceration. There was a veteran teacher that taught at Dunbar that told me that the school was completely different before the crack epidemic. Mm -hmm. She said the children, the children came to school wanting to learn. They were prepared. The parents, there was a lot of parental involvement. And so, you know, after the crack epidemic, everything changed. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these different things that have contributed to the destruction of these communities. Mm -hmm. So to have the prosecutor tell the jury that it was our fault that this happened to those children Mm -hmm. and that was an overall sentiment mm-hmm. in just the media. Like, oh, yeah. look at these teachers. They cheated the children. And so now, you know, this is why they're not successful in life. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, there's so many different factors that have played a part mm-hmm. into what has happened to these children. Yeah. And to blame it all on their teachers, their mm-hmm. educators. Mm-hmm. And that's why we wrote the book to set the record straight. Yeah. Who was really cheating these children? Mm-hmm. Who has been cheating their families for decades? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's the same people that... Some of the same people that were involved in criminalizing educators, bringing these charges, are also played a role in uh, some of the issues that Shawnee just mentioned. So Mike Bowers, who is the former attorney general of Georgia, uh, was one of the lead investigators on this case. One of the people that went all over primetime news uh, when the teachers were charged saying, oh, these poor little children. Well, he was pushing for these tough on crime laws all through the 80s and 90s. Um, And he even ran for governor in 1996 and tried to stoke up fear among his white voter base by criminalizing black children, calling them super predators, which, Mm -hmm. as we know, is a term that was thrown around at that time that Hillary Clinton was using. So and to the hypocrisy of calling some of the same children that he's later saying, oh, poor, these poor children, Mm -hmm. we need to incarcerate their teachers when he's played a a role in in. in harming those communities. Yeah. So would you say this is a case of politics and corporate greed, or what would you say? Yeah, and the the corporate greed part comes in, too, when we look at um, the role of charter schools and the privatization both of um, education and public housing. So Shawnee mentioned the Lochner Plan. That was pushed by an organization called Central Atlanta Progress, which and this is not an exaggeration, has functioned as the shadow government of Atlanta in a lot of ways. And there's like academic research showing that that's a clear relationship. These are the business owners that for many years um, gave orders to elected officials in Atlanta and those orders would be carried out. So Central Central Atlanta Progress um, is now today this downtown business district association. Um, one of their main members for a number of years was Tom Cousins, this storied real estate developer that people like to talk about as um, the man that changed Eastlake, you know, turned Eastlake Meadows mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. villages of Eastlake. And there's so many, you know, news articles sort of fawning him yeah. with praise. 60 Minutes mm-hmm. interview, I don't know, yeah. Yes, all of that. Um, but what that was was a, a mass displacement of families because mm-hmm. uh, there was a huge net loss of the number of units and then only half of the new ones that were constructed were um, subsidized and the rest are market rate. Um, and he, he complained the whole time about the number of market rate units and mm-hmm. made it very clear that he did not want um, low-income families in that neighborhood anymore. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he launched uh, Atlanta's first charter school, Drew, Drew Charter School, mm-hmm. um, and then created an, an organization to replicate that model across the country, and that has really spread the destruction of public housing across the nation. 
Um, he's the founder of True, Park, True Charter School? Or so a- he started a foundation, a nonprofit foundation called the East Lake Foundation that is the organization that actually chartered Drew yeah. Charter School. Um, but what his organizations are doing now, he has this whole like web of them. Um, and one is called Purpose Built Communities, and it has a uh, sort of arm called Purpose Built Schools. And those organizations now are taking over schools in the Carver uh, cluster in South Atlanta. Um, and they aren't even charter schools. They're called something called partner schools, which is mm-hmm. even less <laughs> of a cl- clear definition of like who is getting to control these schools and what is their relationship to the property around the schools and what is the overall plan here. Um, but it's part of this plan of gentrification because mm-hmm. there's another organization. <laughs> I'm probably like getting too, into too many different names no, 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 and stuff. Good, yeah. We're cool. We All right. That. No, because it sounds like part of. I mean, what what you're saying here is that part of what this 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 so-called cheating scandal allowed was a new opening, like another opening to demonize public school, totally, public yes. school teachers to say, look how bad this system yes. is. And instead of this system, we need to replace this system, root it out with charter schools, these partnership mm-hmm. schools, other structures that take away free public education. And they use that money to put them into the charter schools. So it sounds like this is part of a larger plan that's been at play, like you're saying, like for, uh, decades now but this latest iteration of it involved people who were teachers who were educators folks who thought they were giving back to their community or at least providing a service doing something that they loved in some ways and instead of treating these folks with some dignity it uh, they were used as a bargaining chip for other political uh, ideas and dreams absolutely so it's kind of like clearing the land for in a nutshell wealthy white folks or middle-class white folks and giving them an invitation to come into this uh, new land that they found and use this whole urban renewal plan as a... Definitely. At the same time that Tom Cousins was uh, fighting to keep low-income families out of the villages of Eastlake, he was subsidizing units for um, white people from the suburbs who came from this church network, and if they did Bible study with their low-income neighbors or whatever, they could get a discount, right? Because it's all part of this, like, culture of poverty idea, right, which right, is right, nonsense, right. which is that, like, oh, if you if you just had a middle-class culture, you would rise up out of poverty. Mm-hmm. Community farms and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I remember this guy was, pra- I remember this, this, this guy was just praised all over the place yeah. in mainstream media as the right. savior of, like, the young black kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he was going to sit him on his knee. Oh, wow. And, like, so, yeah. He's uh, like, like, oh, God. Jim Jones of uh, Jim, real estate. Jim, he turned out to be the Jim Jones. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, and now started drinking the Kool-Aid. Drink the Kool-Aid, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's his son-in-law oh, now. Who's, uh, oh, right. <laughs> we, that that was, let's let's give the Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid story. <laughs> so, hey, Kool-Aid. What's up? In the, during my sentencing, um, Judge Baxter, that's our trial judge, mm-hmm. he was so upset that I refused to take the district attorney's sentencing. And so while my attorney was talking to him, he said, I don't know if people just drank Kool-Aid or what. What? Wow. And I'm sitting here like, ODB. do you need? Mm-hmm. Right. Baxter. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. And nice. then my mother, she begged the judge, you know, please don't take my daughter away from her son. You know, he's just mm-hmm. a baby. My mom talked about the importance of nursing and the lead prosecutor, Fannie Willis, was basically saying, you know, well, the appeal could take so long that nursing for her child won't even be an issue. <laughs> I mean, it was like the cruelest so thing yeah, 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 I had yeah. ever heard. So I was drinking the Kool-Aid, apparently. Yeah, and yeah. Right. Drinking yeah. Kool-Aid, you, yes. you cause poverty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean yeah, it's, yes. It's the, the racial 
codes and ticks and stuff like that. First grade came in, yeah. The root of all evil. And, and you know what the funny thing is? It seems like school is just a factory to make workers anyway. It's like, that's, let's get them learn something a little bit and let's put them out there and get to work. Well, let's train like, them. Train yeah. them, yeah. It's yeah, like, okay. ain't that what No Left Behind is about anyway? Like, let's just push them out there into the world. I, I think Naka's just brought the show to a standstill. <laughs> I don't know what you yeah. Thank you, Naka, for that. That's my nonsense. Oh, sorry. You leave that I mean, that is like a part of the language, too, in the like late 80s, early 90s, when um, this idea of high-stakes testing was getting started, there were organizations like the Business Roundtable, which is sort of similar to like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in terms of their role in like setting policy that's favorable to corporations, and they were really pushing this idea of the role of schools is to, um, they they used a, something like market market share, like there needs to be a larger mar- mm-hmm. market share of educated students. So they would use, yeah, words like that that do evoke this image of like a conveyor belt, like Thank you're saying. You. Yeah. Yes. Naka has one friend. Ladies I like, your, again. I like, I like your, your outfit. Jacket. I like your <laughs> ideas. Outfit. You like his ideas. <laughs> <laughs> she like your shrooms. <laughs> this is out of hand right now. She might get her own show. She might get her own yeah. podcast now. Hey. Naka Careful, because Kamal's gonna be yeah. Sam Dayton. You know, does anybody that? Right. Oh, yeah, I left it alone. I left it alone. I left it alone. Look, look. So before so, we go to break, Sam Dayton and or Dayton. That's what he's about to say. Oh, I said I was going to say, but I decided oh, not to. Okay, though, right. because you know, <laughs> not telling nobody. I thought she would have better taste than Navy Naka, but you know. So look, we got this segment called Naka's Bowl. Is it Naka's nonsense? nonsense. He's, he's, <laughs> I'm the question through you. You got somebody to agree with you. I know. I was like, God damn. So Naka has a bowl, and it's a dirty bowl, but it's a bowl. Yeah. And he throws questions in there. What Old we do bowl. is that we open up the questions, and then our guests in the next segment we come back, you with us will be answering the question. Oh, well, how apropos. See, I can I know big words, too. Ooh, I, oh, I like that oh, one. Wow. That's a good one. Oh. Let me know we're going to do this one. How can <laughs> gentrification, now, yeah, I don't know where I put that word from. How can gentrification be good for us? Uh, ah. going to commercial break. Right? No, we give it to <laughs> Okay. Can I look at another one? Just in I, case, I, think, I think you should give it to. No, I, I, I you don't want think you should give it to anybody. Uh, yeah. How can gentrification right, like, be good, good for us? us? Yeah. Um, if it didn't exist. No, I answer it now. You <laughs> yeah. answer it on the, on the next, next, next time. Yeah, exactly. 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 coming back. Yes, good. Renegade culture. Yes, renegade culture with knock his nonsense. Come 
What's yeah. going down? Yo, we back. Renegade Coach Up. Yo, come on. How you doing, man? Yeah, brother, now I'm feeling really good today. You so know it's what an honor and privilege to be on this show with you. I know. It is for you. I show understand. Yeah. yeah. It is. People love me. And I noticed the first, usually Kamal's the, the lightest person on the show. And we oh, here we go. So he had to go recruit his cousin. I got it in your first cousin. Anna, that's all right. Thank you for coming. I'm here for you. He's here for you. I one light-skinned joke per episode. Do I talk about his nostrils? No. Because it's do I talk about Rick Flair? Rick Flair? No. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's anyway. get back to our knockers nonsense. All right. I'm not so going to say I'm your real dad. How okay, can identification be good for us? And Shawna, you had an immediate reaction to this question. What did you say? Actually, I have a surprise answer for oh, you. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Surprise oh. answer. All right. Uh-oh. Well, repeat the question again. So we get the surprise it's like Jeopardy. How can gentrification be good for us? Okay. So in our book, we talk a lot about history repeating itself. Oh, bring it back to the book. I like yes. that. There you go. <laughs> and so I like the marketing. gentrification, although it has not been good at all for the black community, it brings us together and it shows us that we need each other. Otherwise, history will just continue to repeat itself. And these same people will keep getting away with things over and over again if we don't stop it and come together. Wow. Bam! That was well, very unique. Yeah, it, it wasn't unique. I appreciate yeah, the answer. Yeah, yeah, it, what you got to say? She about took it? the words out of my mouth. She took well. There you go. Yes, I mean, she took the words part, out of his mouth. Part part really want to be associated with yeah. Naka's answer? Come no. on now. No. It doesn't bring us together good, um, if it tears us apart. So right. obviously, it's something we can use to fight around. It's all my only retort to that. Right. Okay, but look you, at Trump though. What about him? You think Trump is I good? I think for that us? a lot of people have. Well, actually, I think that. Yeah. You think yeah. Trump has brought us together? That's actually a I mile. I think it is. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. Mile. Mile was about how you can how things have to get worse, so to bring out the contradictions, yeah. and so therefore it'll cause the proletariat to fight and to struggle. Right, and he's definitely heightening the contradictions. <laughs> However, the proletariat is so far in a hole mm -hmm. that you know, for instance, like the whole wall situation. Mm -hmm. You have folks saying. Well, I wish the Democrats just give in and give them the wall. You know what I'm saying? Is it affecting you? Um, you know, I'm a federal worker and so on and so forth. So it confuses people as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because of the fact that the problem is not Trump. The problem is the system itself. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So we need to abolish the system. Once we get rid of the system and have an, have an overhaul, then we can get it together. We can't reform shit. And Trump right. is a new version of shit. He's like some square shit, orange mm -hmm. shit. You know what I mean? So, Yo, and I just yeah. put the second question out the most. I'm going to give you a new question. Oh, yes. wow. I pulled this out the Thank you for agreeing with Naka. Naka's our guest today. Have Two of hey, our guests have agreed with Naka. Real quick, what if, what, what, is, what if a Target came and we made sure that they hired only people from the community? A target? A, job. a target. Do you own a Target? Target came like you own into, a target? You operate into the, target? the West End. Well, listen, What'd there's, there's a thing called prison, right? And we're, we happen to be 13% of the U.S. population. Um... And we happen to be forty, sixty percent. Don't talk about prison around. Oh, uh, the prison population. Don't talk about prison around. So the thing is, they're hiring us. We, we, you know, they're setting them up in these rural areas, mm -hmm. and we are the workers, mm -hmm. but we don't own any stake in it. So the thing is, we can capitalism will confuse you. Capitalism will make you think that you can actually get ahead. Mm -hmm. Capitalism, you have to own the resources, you have to own the production, and you have to own the wealth. And we don't. Own that. Because it's like they hire you, production. they can fire you. We don't you. own nothing at the fried rice place down the street either. What, what is he That's talking about? Can we move on to your anyway, next question? Move right along. All right, this is, I mean, this is more knocking nonsense. This is for Anna. Please don't. Do why you like do, John Denver? Why do black no. men not go to the hospital? That sounds like the start of a joke. Like, not a. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like I'm that's a, and that's the guy you've been agreeing that's the serious <laughs> I, I accidentally pulled this out I was like doing nothing I was like okay, to bring it back to the book there Thank was a pivotal <laughs> moment in which Shawnee's father went to the hospital okay Shawnee's father went to the hospital yes but, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Naga's nonsense is truly nonsense. I uh, know that brought us no levity whatsoever. Nah. But, you know. Even your, your only friend. Yes, she's your friend she's for like, like seven sorry. minutes. She's like, what the? Now hell she's like, fuck about? your hoodie. Uh. <laughs> your white friend says it sounds like a bad joke. There was a, a black guy or something. <laughs> I didn't mean. It. I just Who meant like, are you, are, you are you good? Are you good at like yeah, the punchline? No, right, right, exactly. that was the whole okay. question. Okay, okay we now this right along. So I, I do want to say, give an opportunity also to talk about, so what, what are our next steps in terms of what's happening with you and the, yeah. uh, the trial is over, you do have the conviction, you are in appeal yeah. mode. So what's happening next? What's a little bit of the timeline that's going on? So unfortunately, two of my co-defendants are actually in prison right now. Mm -hmm. They appealed the case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, but the U.S. Supreme Court did not hear the case. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't necessarily, you know, mean that the you know it doesn't go into as far as the merit of the case it's just yeah. how many cases that the u.s supreme court gets mm -hmm. how much time but have they gotten and when were they um when, when did this they had to turn themselves in in october last october and one teacher um has two years to serve five and i'm sorry five years to serve two mm -hmm. and then the other one has 10 years to serve three hmm. and the the executive directors were actually given a 20-year prison since it was 20 years to serve seven initially and then the judge um he reduced it okay. which was more than the prosecutors were even right. asking for the judge was like so volatile emotionally that he just like went off the rails and yeah it was this judge baxter yes yeah okay now you don't have to go in front of judge baxter again do you? so this is the thing <laughs> our attorneys have been trying to get him to recuse himself off of our case. He retired and they reassigned our case to another judge, mm -hmm. but he refuses to get off of our case. He's mm. still presiding oh. over well, our this case. Particular case. Okay. Yes. And so they actually um, found an application with the court of appeals, you know, letting them know, Hey, this is all the stuff that he's done mm -hmm. before the verdict was released in our trial. He told the jury, whatever your verdict is, I will defend it until I die. Mm. That's what he told the jury. Mm. So based on his own words, we already know where he stands on our case. Mm -hmm. How is he still on our case? The Court of Appeals denied my attorney's application. application. Mm -hmm. So now Judge Baxter gets to be the one to preside over yes. if we get a new trial. Okay. And he's actually retired. He retired and they reassigned our case. So mm -hmm. how is he still on our trial? And this is your appeal is for a new trial? Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's a hell of a place to live in. Huh? What's your, yeah, yeah, what's the time? I mean, yeah, because it sounds like you've just been in this limbo now for like for, years. For years, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been in limbo. So I believe we have until maybe June, mm -hmm. and then they're going to start, um, you know, ask, doing motions for a new trial. Mm -hmm. And then I think the prosecutors have six months to even respond. I mm -hmm. mean, this is just more money, more taxpayer money being wasted. Yeah. Um, it's been years. Mm -hmm. And the children who have been affected, have, there's been nothing, no attention on that. And so mm -hmm. we get this question frequently, like, but weren't some children harmed? And the answer is, like, probably, and by many of the other things that um, we talk about in the book. But for, in terms of, and not by these people that were on trial, yeah. but in terms of the children who did have their answers changed on the test, there were supposed to be um, tutoring and things like that. And there's been a minuscule amount of money spent on that compared to what has gone into prosecuting the wrong people 
um, mm-hmm. in this case. So how many teachers have actually admitted guilt? And did any of them say that, look, these folks weren't involved or did they just say, fuck it, you got me? So mm-hmm. There were, in the GBI report, I believe it was like 178 educators that were implicated. And I think 82 confessed. Mm-hmm. And 35 people were indicted. And 12 of us actually made it to trial. So everyone else took a plea deal. So everyone else took a plea deal, right. Agreed to, a lot of them agreed to testify, and that was part of the terms of their deal, to get a reduced sentence that oftentimes was like community service, a fine, compared to decades in prison on racketeering charges. So, And that's, that's, that's real strong and honorable of you to not go ahead and plea out because of the fact that you're not admitting guilt when you're not guilty. That's a very hard thing for... Uh, Mm-hmm. black folks in particular to do because of the fact that they've been railroaded for so long and it's like look you know do you want to take this 20 25 years or do you want to say that um, mm-hmm. yeah i saw such and such right. with, with, a, with a couple yeah all you gotta mm-hmm. do is say you did it yeah right right, right. Mm-hmm. it's crazy uh, so uh, in terms of the book what if you if there's like one or two central themes that you want people to walk away from once they read this book what would you say they are I think it's to ask the question, who is actually cheating the children of Atlanta? It's not the educators. It's the people who are profiteering at the expense of public education. It's our elected officials that are giving away dollars that belong to Atlanta public schools through tax, the tax allocation district scheme where that money is going to developers instead of classrooms, cutting education budgets at the state level. I mean, these are the things that we need to be worked up about instead of um, teachers who didn't have anything to do with cheating and um, in an effort to maintain their innocence have faced this nightmare mm. that's not over. Wow. And as far as the trial, people need to know that the trial was like a circus. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there were repeated calls from his trial, witnesses who perjured themselves, and the judge even said so. He said perjury is being committed daily here. This is this is what's on the record from the out of the judge's oh, mouth. Yeah. Um, witnesses who recanted their stories on the witness stand I can go on and on. The lead prosecutor was caught making facial expressions at the jury. The judge had to tell her to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many different things. Yeah, he said perjury is being committed right. here daily. The judge said this right. and did not. But did not throw he the didn't, case out. Did right. not take He didn't do anything. Yeah. Didn't strike it from the record or nothing. No, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And so, right, it was a, it was a circus. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as my case specifically, I never cheated. I never received any bonus money, and my test scores did not even count. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. What and you had said that when you were um, interviewed by this, the, the the officer, you were working at another position. What's mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you're married. You have a child. What is life like for you today with this hanging over your head? Um, I just take everything day by day. You know, I've learned to I've learned how to deal with stress and anxiety. I was diagnosed with PTSD. And that's something that I still struggle with. Um, but I just do the best that I can because I didn't want what happened to me to affect my child. And so I try to just make it as normal as possible um, for him and just try to be a good mom. Mm-hmm. And he's a happy kid, so I'm happy. <laughs> you know, We're really hoping the book can be a tool for bringing people together around this also because the first time around there was not enough information from the defendant side of the story getting out. Part of that was because they were under a gag order at first Mm -hmm. and things like that in exchange for lowering their ridiculously high bond. Um, 
So we have a website, teacherontrial.com. We hope that people will sign up for email updates because as the appeals process moves forward, we want to be updating people and letting folks know when there are opportune moments to get involved, make your voice heard, whatever we can do um, to have more support yeah. for these teachers until we win their freedom. Yeah, the bottom line is we need more eyes on this case. We yeah. need people watching and seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it seems like they keep getting away with things and we can't figure out how. I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but this is uh, the way of the West. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is like, um, I mean, we can go over countless cases that we worked on personally or cases that we're familiar with just over the past <laughs> hundreds of years I mean mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. it, it's, it's insane just some of the things that they're allowed to do especially in Georgia Georgia is a very ruthless good old boy state yeah. and it's like um, you know clearly this judge has a personal vendetta against someone that's a part of this particular uh, case because you're, you know I, I, I just don't see it any other way either that or these corporations are lining his pocket so well that it's forcing him to just say, look, I'm going to keep on getting this money and, you know, the hell with what you're talking about. Your livelihood is of no comparison to mine. You know Our political mean? pressure on him in some form, I mean, that's something I've wondered watching some of the decisions that he has made that have contradicted something that he said just a few days before. So there was a point during pretrial hearings where he almost threw the case out. Mm-hmm. He told prosecutors, this isn't looking good for you. I'm coming back, going home for the weekend, coming back on Monday. Um... And everyone was ready for it to get thrown out. And he did a 180. So, mm-hmm. and it wasn't clear from the opinion that he wrote as to why. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make sense why he made that change, changed his mind that way. Mm-hmm. So, there were several cases like that where yeah, you're like, yeah. is he. About to throw it out again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like, and who who is he answering to? Is Where is this coming from? Who's mm-hmm. the boss? Yeah. Well, look, uh, it's been great having you guys, Shawnee Robertson, uh, Anna Simulton. None of the above, the untold story of the Atlanta Public Schools cheating scandal, corporate greed, and the criminalization of educators. Yes. Repeat one more time for us the website that people can go on. Teacherontrial.com. Mm-hmm. And you can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Shawnee Author. True. And do you have a Twitter account? <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. Anna refuses. She's too good for Twitter. Twitter. So mad at me for not having Twitter. I'm like, you, you're a journalist in a new yeah, millennium. You got to have that just as a basics. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Trump has a Twitter. I mean, my God, yeah. you got to reach people. Yeah. I know. I just like, very I concerned about like I don't know social media and mental health. No, no, there's always there's always a balance. There's always a balance. But um, but seriously, but thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. This is a great book. People need to pick it up. People need to read about Thank this. You. People need to get involved in helping to support this system in particular uh, and learn about what happened during not only this this cheating scandal, but how this affects the larger city of Atlanta and how this is even in some ways a role model for how other cities and states are going about taking over black neighborhoods and black communities. With Renegade Culture, we're going to be right back. Yeah. Figure this, the specimen's regimen is rigorous. 
the hate so exponential My potential means it's only a couple bars for a nigga diss Is it geometry or trigonometry? Try and count up all the currency that I'ma see And where I'ma be? It's on top like a numerator Fast, it's the cash accumulator Trying to follow after this is like calculus It's hard to calculate what you about to miss I'm like a fully grown tree when I bear fruit I'm feeding y'all from the branch to the square root Yeah, and I don't give a damn if you flip a pie the mean is still the same, but I'm a different guy. Don't need nobody double, this is real stunting. It's simple mathematics, good will hunting. I turn a negative into a positive. This is what I got to give and how I opt to live. My philosophies, you can try every angle, but can't hang no isosceles. Hypotheses, the education that I share so cold, man. Watch how I drop degrees. I will convert y'all like Celsius to Fahrenheit. When I grab the mic, watch me work, y'all. I'm up next like that bullet you find in the chamber. Subtract them and find me, yes, I'm the remainder. Dominant in my path is prominent danger. Kick beast, the producer, and I'm the arranger. Filthy rich on the boards like a power forward. And EMC be the crew that I'm a tour with. From 88 to infinity, my energy made the crowd move like centipede. Man, it's been a great show. Renegade culture. Renegade culture in the building. Shout out to our producers. My man, Knock over there. Knock Who's up. consistent with the nonsense. Exactly. Never catch this motherfucker without the nonsense. worst questions I've ever heard in my life. Yo, you know if you saying? ever want a journalist. Yes. That was totally the blow your high. Yes. Call Naka. Call Naka. Yes. But Naka's not sound. a journalist. You called him a journalist. I'm a DJ. Nah, Let's a, get a, a journalist. DJ. Oh, my oh. Anyway. Going off the back end. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, we got my man Lou. Shout out to Lou. See Lou, the thank you. Playback sounds. Nah, I mean, um, Where can you catch Renegade Culture? You catch Renegade Culture on all major... Uh, podcast networks. Wrong with you? What are you so I slow don't for fucking right know. I mean, you but know anyway, saying? you can catch us on Apple, iTunes, I'm throwing, Google I'm, Play, I'm throwing him Spotify. You know what, catch, what, uh, what else we on? Though? Shut the fuck SoundCloud, up. SoundCloud, RenegadeCulture.org, RenegadeCulture.org. We're all over the place, yo. Check yeah. us out. Yo, we're going to have Shawnee. Shawnee going to do an outro for us, I please, think. Please, please. Shawnee's going to say, like, you know, when, when I'm not threatening with prison time, Yes, I yeah, listen to Renegade Culture, we're not going to do that right now. I'm just joking. It's guy right here. You know, when I'm not dating. Sorry. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to bring that up. Kamal's definitely rude. But anyway, we'd like to thank our listeners. We have a live show coming up. That's right. On February 23rd. That's right. At the Philip Rush Center. That's right. It will be from 2, excuse me, from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And the joint is called. What's the title? Can, excuse me. Could Malcolm X right tonight, brother? What's wrong with you? Shut the fuck up. Could Detroit Red, yeah, uh huh, become Malcolm in these days and times? True. So, for those of you who want to come through, make Mm. sure you follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram. Hit us up. Be like, yeah, I want to come through to Detroit. I heard you's gonna be there, and that other little cat that you be having with you. I don't know what his name is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my man. El DeBarge will be there with me uh, on that date, go. ladies and gentlemen. See, see, I so make sure, make sure you come through. He, you know, five seconds later, he's going to call you Chico, B. I'm like, not going to call him. I know, he keep on No, he has a new name. He's a good guy. Okay, I mean, Priest. I'm proud of you today. Because, <laughs> Priest? Uh, anyway, I'm here with these two goofy ass movies. But anyway, it's been a wonderful show. It has been. Make sure you check us out, renegadeculture.org. Um, pick up the book, None of the Above. Pick up the book, None of the Above. We will have a link to None of the Above on renegadeculture.org. So you all can check that out as well. I'm sure it's available on Amazon and all, all these other good networks. Yeah, definitely there. Okay, and they're still looking nervous, but they made it through, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, yeah. a round of applause. They made it through. Peace. Renegade culture. Come on,
Look, it might 